just finished up the Olympics of Fraud with the ACFE Global Conference. It was such an honor to present for my second time. I will tell you, I was turned down several times before my presentation was accepted. Keep at it. Let me know if you are interested and I might possibly be able to help. Women need to speak at more of these events. We can't complain about mantles, yes, mantles, if women aren't throwing their hats in the rings. This week, we have Rochelle Davis. Her interview is fascinating, and I had the pleasure of meeting her in person at Osmosis several years ago in Vegas. We hung out and had a great time. Her work is so interesting to me because the results can truly be life-changing for an entire family. Let's get started. Welcome back to another week of Great Women in Fraud, and I have the absolute pleasure of Rochelle Davis today, who I have got to meet in person, and we got to hang out at Osmosis in, I think, Vegas? I'm yes, yes, Vegas. it was in Vegas. And yeah, we did the big Spanish tapas dinner with yes. the click, as I like to refer to it, is the click, <laughs> um, the cool click. Yeah, <laughs> the, the cool kids club. Yeah, it was definitely that. And um, and uh, you also sat like in the front row and I am such a front row person. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually a back row person. So it was just probably by, I was running late or something, so. <laughs> no, you're a front row person. So um, we're gonna get this started really quick with our speed round, our new speed round. And um, it's very easy. It's, I'm not trying to trick anyone, but first off, Mac or PC? Mac. Okay, we are five for five of Mac. Just go buy more Apple <laughs> nice. <stock>, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, now this is a weird question because I don't know if you, but I want your opinion. Do you think women or men are better embezzlers? Uh, I would say women. Why do you say women? I, I mean, not that I know a lot about embezzling, but um, I just think the the nature of women, I think the, the fact that women are not as suspicious just in general as men are, I think just kind of overall, I think that it would be maybe easier for them to get by with things and not be suspected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then who is a famous crook or law enforcement officer that you would like to have dinner with? Oh, um, and they don't have to be alive. Okay. Law enforcement or, or crook either. Yeah. Or. Um, I think I would probably have to choose. I would have to choose a crook, uh, that has not ever been identified. Um, my first thought is Jack the Ripper. Wait, who I think you cut out it just would be very, who is it? Oh, sorry. Yes. Jack the Ripper. Oh, Jack the Ripper. Ooh. Yes. He's, he's kind of the, the first one. I think he would be my go-to. Um, just, it would be, it, first of all, it'd be fascinating to, you know, find out who this, who this person is, find out his identity. Um, but I think it would be, it would be quite fascinating to sit down with someone like that to, just kind of ask them lots of questions 
And uh, I'm just more, I don't know, I'm, I'm more along the lines of, of trying to figure out like what makes a person tick and, and what goes into a person then to, you know, behave inappropriately, basically. Very inappropriately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, he's, I've read some books on and I just, he's, it, it would be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just a different I've... time too. And then I have to say, and you guys can't see this, but this is, you are another one who has channeled pink. It's like people show up to the podcast and they have a pink top, they have a pink shirt and Rochelle is in a pink shirt. So I think that's, it's like a subconscious thing. So, it is. Yeah. I did not do it on purpose at all. I, I didn't even think about it until you pointed it out. I'm like, oh yeah, that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rochelle, why don't you give the, your elevator speech and it can be the elevator speech as one former guest said, an elevator to the top of the Eiffel tower. So just give your sort of <laughs> background. Yes. Okay. So my, my background, I actually started out as a school teacher and as I was teaching, I knew I wanted to just go straight and get my master's and just kind of get it over with and be done with, with education and uh, I knew I didn't want to do anything within education. I just knew I didn't want to stay in education forever. I just kind of, you know, had that feeling. And so I, uh, I chose criminal justice to get my master. No, um, no background whatsoever in criminal justice. So I actually had to take a few undergraduate classes in order to get accepted into my master's program. So I, I did that just in the evenings when I was teaching. Once I got my master's, I loved every bit of it. And uh, one of the, my first classes that I took was a crime analysis class. And I just got hooked on that immediately. And I'm from this, I'm from kind of a mid-sized town. And at the time, the police department, my local police department did not have a crime analyst on staff. And so I just, um, I met with the chief of police and I told him why I thought they should create the position and why they should hire me for the position. <laughs> and uh, so he and I kind of, you know, fostered a, a friendship really. And uh, I'm totally on board. So you write the proposal, I'll present it to the, um, the city council and we'll see if we can get the ball rolling. And so that's what happened. And, and they approved the position. And so I became the prime analyst and I did that for seven years and then adopted my son when he was an infant. And that kind of changed things for me a little bit. I kept working for a while. I loved my job as a crime analyst, um, but just wanted something you know, for my son and, and having him at home. And I knew he was probably going to be my only child. And uh, so I wanted to find something that was going to be more flexible just with my hours and my time. And um, so my husband, I believe, is the one who suggested that I, I look into licensing for private investigation. And so I looked into that and ended up doing that. And um, my kind of my niche has been uh, adoption searches, just um, uh, unknown parentage searches, basically um, anything that kind of revolves around adoption. Um, because whenever I adopted my son, we ended up having to hire a private investigator to track down his birth father in order for the everything to proceed. And uh, so, in doing all of that and having that experience, 
uh, and I had never had any experience really with attorneys before or anything, never had the need to. And just with that whole experience, I knew that that is kind of, you know, where I, I wanted to take myself. And so um, that's what I've done for the last about five and a half years now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what got me to where I am today. That is so cool. And, um, Rochelle is very good at blogging and, you know, the whole LinkedIn and your blog, but the most recent, I want to, I want you to talk about in the, um, I'll put a link in the show note, May 24th, college buddies and birth fathers. So, um, do you want to talk about that case a little bit? Cause when you wrote it and then, I, I'm going to say for you to make these kind of phone calls. Oh my God. Like these aren't easy. So no. you've got stones, man. <laughs> I'm nervous before every phone call. I have to like, you know, think about it in my head and, and plan it out and think, okay, if it goes this way, okay. Or it could go this way. It, you know, you have to be prepared for this could go really well, or this could go south quickly, you know, you just, you can't predict really, um, how people are going to react. You can try, (laughs) but sometimes I'm surprised, you know, but, um, yeah. So, so this case was really interesting. I had a, um, a client who hired me and he had actually, uh, he had his DNA just kind of for fun. And, uh, I believe he had used ancestry, um, and, uh, so he registered his DNA and found out that he was not related to his dad, which was a total surprise for him. And so he, uh, kind of after the shock wore off was like, okay, I need to figure out who my, my biological father is. And uh, he actually chose to do all of this without letting his dad know that, that he knew, cause he really didn't know the circumstances of all of it. He didn't know if his dad knew that he was not the biological father. Um, and he just felt like, I don't want to be the one to drop this bomb in his lap and it doesn't change anything for me. He's my dad, you know, so, um, he actually has, has not told him and, and doesn't plan to, but, uh, Nick kind of solo journey on his own, tried to, to figure out, you know, who his, his biological father was and my client, super smart guy, um, just very capable. And he found, he figured out who he thought, you know, like, okay, I have a strong suspicion that this, this is my biological father. Um, and so that's when he called me and he was like, okay, this, this is my situation. And I, I'm pretty certain that this is the guy. So I really want you to first make sure that this is my biological father and just confirm that for me. And then, um, I want you to, to find out as much information about him as possible. And, uh, his, so I did confirm that it was his, his birth dad and he had passed away in 2017. So he was, you know, a a few years late in, in trying to get to know him, but he was like, okay, I want to know just everything you can find out about him. What kind of a person was he? I want to know if I'm like him. What is, what was his personality like? You know, uh, what did he do for a living? And so that was just kind of my job with him was just finding out information about him. And I did find a biological sister, a half sister that uh, lives in Arkansas. And so I had found her information and, and we decided to go ahead and I would give her a call and she would be willing to talk to me. 
Um, so when I called her, I, I always identify, identify myself at the beginning, you know, my name's Rochelle Davis. I'm a, a licensed private investigator in Missouri. And, um, I have found that as soon as you say that with people, they have a couple different reactions. You know, sometimes it's fear, like, wait, what, why is a, is a PI calling me? Like, what did I do? You know? Um, and then others it's suspicion immediately. Like, okay, you're, you're a private investigator. Like, what, you know, I, like you can tell they don't really believe you. Um, so I always, I introduce myself, but then I immediately kind of try to disarm that, you know, Hey, I'm a private investigator because it, it throws people off. Um, so I kind of tried to go into that field of, you know, kind of softening things with her and just cut me off from the get-go and was like, I am not interested in this. Please do not call me back and just hung the phone up. Um, and, and I, I pretty much abide by people's wishes. You know, I know if, if there's someone that just has that kind of a reaction, they don't want to talk to me, like, I'm not going to keep pestering them and try to get them to talk to me. Um, so I, I reported that back to my, my client and I was like, well, you know, I, I kind of have the suspicion with the way that she reacted so quickly and, and what she said that maybe she knows about you possibly, um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I can't say that for sure. It's just kind of a gut feeling, but, um, she just doesn't really want to have anything to do with it. And, and so, um, I suggested to him, you know, I'm like, Hey, it might be a good idea for you to just try to write her a letter. Um, she'll probably read it, you know, if we can get a letter mailed to her and, and, um, so just kind of think on things, let me know what you want to do. And in the meantime, I'll keep kind of poking around and see what else I find out about your, your birth dad. And so I had found on his biological father's obituary, there was a, a an old college buddy of his that had commented on the obituary. Oh, so sorry to see this great friends in college, I'd love for a family member to give me a call and, and put his phone number right there. And uh, so I had told my client about that. And I said, hey, you know, if you want me to, I'd love to give this guy a call because it sounds like he would probably chat with me. And, and you know, you might be able to find out at least what your biological father was like back in college. And he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. And so I, I called this guy and uh, introduced myself. And it wasn't too long in our conversation. Uh he was like, it's just so funny that you, you called me and, and called me today. I'm like, why? And he said, well, I just yesterday met my biological daughter for the first time that I didn't know existed. And I had, had fathered her back, back in college when I was, was buddies with, with your client's dad, you know? And I was like, what for real? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, I just, we just had dinner yesterday for the first time. And and he was like, actually, uh, I can maybe use your services because I'm not real sure who, who Earth Mom is, you know? I mean, back in college, I had a good time. And uh, <laughs> he said, I'm, we're not sure who her, her birth mom is. And we would both like to, to know. And he's like, you think you can help us with that? And, and I'm like, okay, like, yeah, absolutely. So he, he became a client. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we figured out the, the birth mom and it was a, a friend of his, you know, back in college, uh, they were neighbors 
and um, yeah, he located her and he has actually since hired me for a, a few different things, but uh, he was able to tell me lots of stuff about my, my initial client uh, about his birth dad and what he was like in college. And um, it was, it was real cool to be able to report all of that information back to my client and, and to get his reactions. That's one of my favorite parts of, of doing, you know, what I do is when things are, you know, he, he's finding out like, oh, your birth dad was a, a real outdoorsman and he loved, you know, fishing and hiking and, and all that. And he was kind of a more of, of a reserved guy, but just didn't know a stranger, just such a kind person. And, and just some of the things that I was saying about his birth dad, he's like, man, those are, those are things that my friends say about me. Like, that's just so crazy. You know, like that, it's just wild. Like I, I never knew this guy. And just the fact that we, we share this biological link and, and we're so similar in our personalities. And he's, he's like, that's, that's really cool. Um, so well, that, that was someone- a, a cool case. How does someone like him not say something to his dad, just even inadvertently? Like now he has this whole other part of his world that like, you just, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I like to hunt like my dad. And you know, this guy's maybe never (laughs) touched a gun in his life. And it's like, I just see it like accidentally falling out of Pandora's box. Yeah. And, and I think that that's definitely a possibility. Um, I think it just depends on, on the person, you know, what kind of a relationship does he have now that he's an adult? Um, he's around 40 years old, you know, so it's like, what kind of a relationship does he have with, with his dad? How often does he see him? Like, is he the kind of person that can't hold anything in or is he, you know, he, he can, can keep things closer to the chest, but it, I think it would be difficult and, and it might be something that he changes his mind about in, in the future. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have this talk with my dad. Like, you know, I need is to have his mom still around. Yes. His mom is still around. Um, and, uh, I, I think that he might be more apt to have a discussion with her, especially initially, um, you know, before he would ever talk to his dad, but, Last time I talked to him, he was like, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to say anything. Like, I just, I don't want to make my, my dad feel badly. I don't want to make him feel like I feel like anything is different between us because I really don't. Um, he said, you know, it was a big shock to find, find out that I'm not biologically his, but he said it also answered a lot of kind of nagging questions and things that didn't quite add up for me growing up. Um, He said it's answered those questions for me and has just given me more of a sense of identity and and who I am Um, because he actually, his his mother, his biological mother is African-American as is his father. And then he, his birth father is white he's Caucasian. And so my client, you know, also found out that he is biracial. And so that was also a very big, like, you know, he said, I, I, you know, I was always a little bit lighter skin, but that can happen. I mean, you know, not a big deal, but he said, it's just little things like that, that questions have kind of been answered for me. Like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. So yeah. I have a harder time as a child of the mother, just wanting to like, why couldn't you, you know, but 
yeah, it's just fascinating. I, ha I have a feeling he'll stay in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of my clients do, which is awesome. It was so funny. Actually, just yesterday I uh, started uh, emailing a client that I hadn't talked to since I think February. And um, I was seriously sitting, typing out an email to her, just kind of checking in with her. How are things, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden an email pops up from her, you know, she has emailed me and we haven't talked since February. I, and so I kind of deleted some of the stuff I was writing. I'm like, you wouldn't believe this. I was, I was typing you a message when you, you know, when I got your message, like we haven't talked in months and how does that happen? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You're but, uh, it, it is fun. It's, it's fun. It's fun to keep, keep track of, of people. And I, and I, I mean, I don't just say like, Hey, keep, keep tabs. And I, I want to know like how things go. And, and as you're talking to, you know, your, your newfound family and what I, you know, let me know how things go and, and keep in touch. And like, I'm not just saying it, like, I really want you to keep in touch. I want to know. And, and it's cool. It's cool to be able to keep tabs on everybody and, and see how things are going. And it's fun to get pictures from clients like, Hey, I, I met my half siblings for the first time and we went on a trip together and here we are at the beach, you know, and it's just, it's really very satisfying. That's that cool. so cool. I have to say my clients don't send me pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's kind of a, it's a little unusual, uh, but it's, it's neat. I don't know. You kind of get this experience together um, and it just sort of ties you together. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, absolutely ties you together. So um, I would also think like, I mean, I'm in another group where there's a woman who does something kind of similar. Like you guys probably have, do you guys have a pretty vibrant group like that do birth adoption? You know, there are, there are definitely several of us out there. Not, not a ton, but um yeah, I mean, I have, I have several that I, we keep in touch and kind of talk back and forth. And, you know, sometimes if I have a case where I'm not real sure how I should proceed with it, you know, I might call them or shoot them an email and be like, Hey, this is kind of the situation. What, what would you do here? I'm not real sure what I should do with this. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely, I don't know, it's, it's a different specialty I feel for a, a lot of PIs um I mean a lot of, of private investigators you know work with attorneys and and different things and and I just mine is is it's just different it's a very more it's a more personal and it's just kind of got a different side to it um yeah it's it's not for everybody but I think that those of us who do it really enjoy it Oh yeah. You're, you're like changing lives. So in, um, how would you tell someone if what they were interested in this to get started? Do you like, yeah, that's a good question. path. <laughs> well, I think everybody's path is different. Uh, for me, you know, I mean, I, my son being adopted really is what got me interested in it to begin with. And then I started piddling around with genealogy, some uh, just with my own genealogy and found that super fascinating. And, and just in the last few years, especially with how many people are registering their DNA with these different database providers, um, that has really become 
a, a major thing and a major part of what I do, you know, more often than not now, my cases involve DNA to where a lot of, of people are figuring out like, Hey, I don't, I don't know anything about my birth family. I know I'm adopted, but that's like it that I don't really have any information other than that. And before the, the advent of DNA and how many people are registering their DNA and, and those doors that are, are finally opening up to these adoptees that just never had a chance really before they, they, um, I mean, everything would just be a dead end for them. They really didn't have any information to go on. And um, some states have kind of loosened up their, uh, an adoptee's ability to, to get some information, um, but it still can be quite difficult, especially when you're talking about maybe an adoption that happened back in the 50s or something, you know, something that happened quite a long time ago. Um, even if someone is given, say, like their original birth certificate with their birth mother's name on it, it's very hard to track down a, a female's, you know, name and what it was back in the 50s and what it might be now and how many times it's changed since then, um, especially with real common names. Um, so with the, with DNA, it's just really cool because a lot of people who never thought they would have answers are, are able to get these answers. Um, so I think with anyone who might be interested in, in doing this kind of work, I don't think that you can ignore the DNA and the genealogy side of it because that's such a huge part of it. Um, especially with these cases where you might have a client that really knows nothing and they're just like, okay, I registered my DNA. Here are my results. Here are my matches. I have a bunch of distant cousins. I don't really know how to go about doing this and figuring this out, but here you go, you know? And so really a, a lot of uh, genealogists can do the same type of work. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I have my PI license, which is super helpful with different things, just how we have access to databases and, and different things that just a, a genealogist would not have access to. So it's just nice to be able to couple all of it together. Uh, but I would definitely say going that genealogy route and getting some education or taking some classes in some capacity. There's all kinds of stuff that's available out there. There's so many, even just amateur genealogists. And, you know, if you just start with your own family, kind of the way I did it, and you just start learning things and getting tips from people. And I've found that genealogists are some of the most open. They'll help you to the nth degree and they don't get anything from it. You know, they're just, they enjoy doing it. They enjoy helping people. And it's amazing how sometimes I'll even be working a case for a client and I'll contact maybe uh, someone who works within that genealogy realm. And they'll even be like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do some research for you and I'm going to, you know, figure this out and, and I'll get back to you. And, and it's like, so I don't even have to do the work half the time with, with different <laughs> facets of it. It's, you know, they'll just call me and be like, okay, this is what I found. And this is, this is where it's located. And, you know, I'm like, man, it's just, it's really cool. Um, it's just a really warm group of people. There's some, um, my daughter started this, but there's a program where, um, Sephardic Jews can get citizenship in Portugal uh -huh. and my sister-in-law had done a bunch of genealogy and they can trace my husband's family back to I believe the 15th century 
and my kids are going for their um, Portuguese citizenship. And it's, it's been a lot easier because of genealogy and being yes. able to go back. And it, it's been really, really cool. And now there's like, there's, I think, four or six other family members that are also going to go for, you know, their Portuguese citizenship. That is and so cool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. All these different doors that are being opened up and it's, it's a little scary and you know, you have the the whole privacy issues and just all of that. Cause it's like, okay, if I don't want to register my DNA, but my cousin decides to register his DNA, then crap, you know, like that's, that's part of my DNA too, you know? And, and that's, that's what, what makes this a little, a little hairy at times is, you know, trying to, trying to find answers for your client, but at the same time, respecting other people, if they don't want to be involved in it and don't want to have anything to do with it, you know, I think it's important to, to respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, so much. So like I told you earlier, my sister went and had her DNA done. I was like, wait, wait, you know, (laughs) (laughs) come on. Yeah. Yeah. Need to have, yeah. So, um, <laughs> how would your family and friends describe you? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, let's see. I think they they would describe me as I'm I'm pretty dogged in what I do. If I if I see something that I want done, I'll do it, you know, or, and if I don't know anything about it, I'll teach myself and I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll do it. Um, I would say I I'm definitely a, a quieter person. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty reserved, especially with lots of people. I'm, I'm really great with one-on-one or one on a few, but you know, when you get me in a, at a party or something, it takes a little bit for me to, to get comfortable and, you know, <laughs> open up. And so my husband calls me the vault. Um, he, oh my he's God, like, that's my nickname. <laughs> that is so funny. And I, uh, yeah, like my friends are like, are you going to put this in the vault? And I'm like, yeah. And, and I joke that if I ever have a breakdown, my whole, my whole extended world is going to explode because like so yeah. much has been put in the vault. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. He calls me the vault. Sometimes like someone will say something like, you know, Hey, I have something to tell you, but I don't want you to tell anyone. And he's like, Oh my gosh, Rochelle doesn't tell anyone anything ever. (laughs) She is the vault. You can tell her anything and you know, it's safe with her because she won't say a word. He's even joked with me sometimes. He's like, um, and I don't know what this really says about me, but I'll go ahead and say it. Um, but he says, I wouldn't even know if you could be a serial killer and I wouldn't even know, like, I, I, I know you, but it's like, I don't know if I really know you. <laughs> and we've been together since like 98. I'm like, you're seriously still saying that? He's like, yeah. Oh yeah. I still stand by it. <laughs> oh my God. That is so, so yeah, funny. I, Cause yeah, great. I have this one friend who is like, okay open the vault. I'm putting something in and I'm yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That is so funny. Oh, I mean, it's good. You know, if you're going to be a PI, I would think you would want your PI to be nicknamed the vault. <laughs> yeah. 
not the open book. <laughs> no, no, you don't want that. <laughs> the open book for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, how do you keep up with all the stuff that's going on in this field? Like, is there a conference you go to? Is there, are there groups online? Like, um, and yeah, like how do you stay ahead of the curve because you're ahead of the curve? Yeah, it's hard. It's, I spend so much time trying to stay ahead of the curve or just keep up with the curve. Um, there, yeah, there are so many online groups. There, there are different associations that I belong to that put out newsletters and magazines and different things that I, I constantly try to keep up with and they do uh, conferences every year. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot out there for it. And sometimes it can be overwhelming because there's so much out there, but there's a lot of good stuff out there. I mean, you know, nowadays it's just kind of like with anything else. I can sit at my home office in front of my computer and watch videos and participate in different things and I mean, you don't even have to leave your house if you don't want to. Um, but yeah, there, there's all kinds of uh, and books. I mean, I'm a huge reader and I've read lots of different books, uh, especially on genealogy and, and the DNA side of things. And because I'm still just constantly learning and there, I think it's really good too to keep up with other people who are doing similar work that you do and just having conversations and you know because sometimes in those conversations something will be said where I'm like oh I don't do it that way okay like that's way better why why have I not been doing it that way like okay I'm gonna start doing it that way and I just it's just this constant like making yourself better and more knowledgeable and and trying to keep up with things and and I think as as long as you know like okay I'm trying to keep up with things these are the things I'm doing and I'm talking to people and I'm, you know, just keeping up with all this. I mean, that's all you can do there. I mean, I, it, you could have a full-time job, just keeping up with trying to figure things out and new ways to do things. And, you know, I mean, it, I think it can be that way with, with any, anything, but uh, yeah, this is, it's with how popular DNA has become in the last couple of years. It just seems like things, it's just a roller coaster. It's just, this constant, like, you know, now it, it used to be helping with adoption related searches was kind of the up and coming thing. And now you're seeing a lot of genetic genealogy work, working with law enforcement and cold cases are, are becoming like, okay, like we've, we've got these cold cases now that before we just, we've chased down every lead and we haven't gotten anywhere in this case is 40 years old now and boom, all of a sudden we've got this DNA that we can, we can start trying to, to trace the, the suspects family lines and try to figure out who this person is, you know, kind of come forward with a, a family tree instead of going backwards, you go backwards a little bit, but then you, you have to start coming forward and, and figuring things out. And it's just amazing the stuff that they're doing now with, with all of that. Do you have like a favorite um, sort of CSI thing that you? Um... Um, you know, I watch all kinds of any any show that has anything to do like a criminal element in it. Like sign me up, you know. I I love all that stuff. And it's funny though that you say CSI. I've never even seen CSI before. <laughs> 
Um, I know that's a, a popular one with, with people, but, um, yeah, um, I don't know if I have a favorite show. Um, one of my favorite movies is, uh, the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, oh, it's escaping me right now. The Zodiac. Um, oh. I don't know if you've seen that one, but man, that's oh. a phenomenal movie. Oh, it's so good. Ooh. Yeah. I'd say that's my favorite movie. And I don't know, there, there are a lot of shows that, you know, I'll watch and I'll be like, oh, this one's my favorite. And then I'll start with another one. I'm like, this one's my favorite. <laughs> um, have you seen Silent Witness? No. I just heard about this one from um, Martina Dove. And uh, it's about a pathologist. Uh-huh. And there's a ton of seasons. And um yeah, it kind of sounds fascinating. So you might have to, I haven't watched it yet because I just did the interview last week, okay. but um, yeah. And I just dotted it down. <laughs> did, did you see Mayor of Easttown with Kate Winslet? No, no. Okay, no spoilers. You should watch okay. it. Okay. You should definitely watch it. All right. I'm writing <laughs> that one down to you right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a book in you? Do you think you're going to write a book ever? You know, um, I don't know. It's, it's funny. You should say that. I, that's always been something that I kind of had in my mind, like, oh, when I get older, when I retire, I'm going to write books, you know? Um, I mean, I love to write. <clears throat> I, I keep up with my blog and I really, I enjoy writing because like I said, I'm, I'm a quieter person and I have a harder time sometimes expressing myself, you know, verbally. Um, it just takes me a while sometimes to, to piece together what I want to say. And then you worry if, okay, once I say something that's out there, what if I say the wrong thing? And so with writing, I love it because I can put something down and then I can reread it and think about it and be like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. And delete it. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, you, you can really take your time with it. So I do love writing. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just, I, I always have so many things on my plate of, okay, I, I want to do this and I need to learn more about this and I need to keep up with that and, and keeping up with my cases and, and just when you own your business, there are things, you know, that consume your time. And then I've, I've got a six-year-old at home who consumes my time. So I do think it's definitely on my radar and something I would love to, to attempt doing at some point. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. Do you, do you ever turn down cases? I do. Yes. Uh, I do sometimes turn down cases. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't take a case if I don't feel comfortable with it. And if I don't feel capable, um, I just, I mean, I know there, there are a lot of PIs out there that really have, have the idea and kind of operate with, Oh, don't turn down a case. If you can't do it, or maybe can't do it fully, you can, always, you know, have another PI come in and, and do that portion of it, but you still get the benefit and, and get paid from it type of thing. And I just, I, I don't have that same mindset for myself. Um, I mean, I, I have my own business. I'm not looking to grow my business and, and have all these employees. And I, I want to keep it small. I, that's 
one of the reasons why I do what I do because I, I love doing it on my own. I love keeping it small. Um, and so, you know, I, I have several cases that might come in that require, you know, something here locally. And I, there's, a, I have a PI buddy in the same town I live in and I basically just give him that work and, and he gives me work sometimes. And that's just kind of how we operate with things. We used to work together at the police department and we both have very different skill sets. And so pretty much anything that requires research and computer work, he's like, Hey, Rochelle takes that. And then, you know, a lot of the surveillance stuff and, and things like that, he, he takes. Um, and I do take cases occasionally that aren't really something that I do regularly, but I'm, I feel like I'm capable of doing it. And just occasionally we'll, we'll do it just to kind of keep it fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do turn down cases and, and I turn down cases too. I, a lot of times, even in the first 30 seconds of talking to someone on the phone, you can tell <laughs> what kind of a client they're going to be. And I just, I don't like to take cases if I can't help them, um, with their expectations. And, and sometimes people just have very unrealistic expectations and it, after talking with them and, and trying to, you know, educate them on, okay, this is how it goes. And, and this is kind of more what you can expect from this. If they're not really on board with that, and I can tell they're still just not, not there. I don't like taking, taking clients that I feel like I'm, I'm not going to be able to, um, satisfy their expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you um I'm just reading right now the phenomenon by Michael Lewis have you mm -hmm. um I think you might like it I, th I think you might yeah like it. so um, I'm a huge yeah, reader just the um idea of people hearing about things and then they connect and it's just yeah yeah cool. and again I will link to your blog and I love like your graphics in your blog and uh, it Rochelle does an awesome job with her blog. Like there's a couple of people that I always read their blogs and yours are one of them. Oh, thank you. Thanks Absolutely. very much. Um, let's see. So one of the, <laughs> this is my catch all question. And I so got called out on this question by Jenny Radcliffe <laughs> was, okay, so what haven't I asked you Rochelle that you want to get out to like the great women in fraud? It's that catch all law enforcement type of question. So what haven't yes. I asked you? Oh gosh. Um, well, I mean, we haven't really touched on just being a female in this, in this environment that is still, you know, there are more males than there are females. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a hot button. It can be a hot button topic for me. Um, you know, I can get fired up easily. Uh, you probably wouldn't know it, but inside I can, you know, I can get kind of fired up with, I mean, I've always been that way with, um, if somebody tells me I can't do something, even if I don't want to do that something, I will do that something just to show you that I can actually do that something. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I love, I mean, I love what you do and I love that you bring, such an awareness, um, just, you know, women in, in, in what you're doing, women in fraud. Um, it's just, it's really cool to, 
to be able to see that and, and hear names that I wouldn't hear otherwise. And I love, you know, listening to different podcasts and stuff. I don't get a whole lot of time to do it. Um, but when I do, it's just like, there are so many great women out there who are doing so many awesome things that I love that you are doing this because otherwise it's like, you know, no one's going to hear about Rochelle Davis in, in Joplin, Missouri, you know? Um, and so I just, I love it that, that you are, I mean, I know it's not something that you haven't asked me, but just kind of bringing attention to that. I, I just think it's great to be able for other women to be able to hear or read about women who are doing really good things, good work, and just smart, smart women, you know, there, there are so many out there and I think it's great to bring attention to them. It's, it's been a long time coming. (laughs) Oh, that is so sweet. That's like, yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason I do this. And it's like, you don't, people have this, you know, the media puts it out there, the PIs, the, you know, Rockford or PI and kicking down doors and stuff like that. And we can use our, and I don't want to call them soft skills, but we can use our skills for good in the same way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it does, it showcases, um, something I've always thought about, like whenever I first went to college, I got a degree in education and became a teacher. And one of the reasons I did that was because I didn't really know what else to do. I didn't have, any burning passion, like, oh, I've wanted to, to be this since I was a kid. And it was just kind of like, well, I guess I'll go to college. (laughs) You know, I don't really know what I want to do yet. I just didn't, I didn't have a great sense back then of what was available. And I think it's just incredible today to have things like this, where you might have some, some girl who's listening and hears an interview with some woman and what she does and she latches on to it and is like hey I didn't know this was a thing I like I'm gonna look into this more and and I just think it's really cool because there's so much out there these days that you can do and and just seeing that women are doing them um is is just great um I mean I think female PIs and the skills that we bring are are sometimes skills that, you know, woman kind of has naturally and they can really be utilized in a fantastic way. Well, and you said something at the beginning when you met with, you know, the local chief of police and like, you just called them up and like, that's how I became a special agent. I literally just called the woman up who had, you know, done a search warrant and like, pick up the phone, people, people yes. pick up the phone. Like yes. Rochelle made it happen. So many people just yes. make it happen because we don't have sort of regular careers. I never wanted to be a special agent. It was yeah. the funnest thing I've done besides this, but like, <laughs> I, I really, those people who at age five say, I want to be a writer or I'm going to be a brain surgeon, or I'm going to be an yeah. astronaut. I never had that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's such a good point with, I mean, and I see that how I've operated in my life, I never would have become a crime analyst if I hadn't picked up the phone and tried to get a hold of the chief of police and schedule a meeting with him. I mean, a lot of times people hear that. I'm like, what? You did what? I'm like, it wasn't a big deal. You just do it. You just do it. And, and getting into private investigating. 
I, I made a few phone calls and kind of, you know, to, to feel things out. And I absolutely was dismissed by several PIs who were like, well, you know, you're just a young girl and whatever. And, you know, you just have this idea of what, you know, and it's like, well, now I'm doing it. Like I did it. I, I found a, a wonderful guy that, that lives pretty close to where I do. And I, uh, again, just called him up and he was like, yeah, let's, let's meet. We can talk. And we ended up talking for hours and hours at some golf clubhouse, you know, just shooting the breeze. And, and he's the one who really encouraged me like, oh, you can totally do this. You should totally pursue it. And, you know, and, and encouragement from my husband, like, you'd be great at that. Do it, do whatever you got to do, make it happen. And, and that's just, I think sometimes with females, especially that's what you've got to do to make things happen. Um, sometimes you have these kind of traditional male roles in these different areas. And it's like, you know what? It's not like you can't get your foot in the door. Just you have to get your foot in the door. Nobody's going to do it for you. You, you take the steps, you figure it out, you make calls, you, you email people, you, make it happen. And, and you do. And I, I mean, I never would have discovered this job that I love so much that I'm doing now, had I not pushed to do it. Um, and, and it gives you a great sense of accomplishment too. Like I, I did that. Like you, if I did it, you can do it. I mean, there's no, nothing special about me. Um, so I yeah. would disagree. There's nothing special about you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would disagree. What a great way to like end this episode with you. Like I, I couldn't have teed it up any better, but yeah. Thank you so, so much, Rochelle. We will have you back. I can't wait to see you in person again. It all yeah. to sitting in the front row. <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> Thank you for having me today. Really. It's, it's been fun. Awesome. Wasn't Rochelle great? Of course she was. And such crazy stories that have truly changed people's lives. I can't imagine doing those phone calls. She is a joy to be around and be sure to check out her blog. Do you have an interesting story to share? I would love to hear it. Next week we have Jeff Grant, a great dude in fraud and such a learning experience. If you don't think the government will take on the smaller fish, you would be mistaken. I know this will happen full force with the PPP and EIDL fraud. I would love if you would leave a review or share their episode. It's how we get the word out. Thank you for your time. I truly appreciate it.